Welcome, my friends, to Next Level Change Success, a change conversation for leaders, project and change practitioners for today and tomorrow. My name is Therese Perez of MyVirtualChangeManager.com and I'm an experienced change and project professional and people leader with many years of experience in the industry. I love business and I love the people side of business especially. So nothing lights me up more than seeing people use change management, project management and strong change leadership to engage, motivate and inspire people and ultimately transform organisations. If you've heard about change management and have no idea of what it involves, then you're in the right place. If you know about change management, but you want to take your practices to the next level, then this is where you should be. I'm going to share the stories of my experiences, interview some fantastic people, and I'm going to explore all of the challenges and opportunities that you face in organizations right now. So please join me and let's go and have some fun. Hello, 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 and welcome to this week's episode of Next Level Change Success. My name is Therese Perez, and I'm the founder of MyVirtualChangeMajor.com. I would like to acknowledge that I am recording on Tharawal Country today and pay my respects to the traditional owners and custodians on the land on which I am recording. So today we're going to be talking about change, disasters, recovery plans, because not all change goes well the first time, that's for sure. And oftentimes during my career, it was a call of, can you come in and fix this? Or can you come in and have a look at this program? Tell me what needs to happen. Or we've tried to do this before. We've got a continuous improvement program in place. Can you come and enhance that and put this through so that we can realize the benefits that we were intending? And oftentimes it is a bit of a recovery mission. And I want to take you through exactly where do I start? So where do you start when you're being engaged to come in and fix something or where you're fighting against history? I have had the scenario where I've come in to change an organization, work with a CEO on transforming the organization and there was a lot of chatter around the place in so far as we've been waiting for this change for so many years and we're not sure why it's going to be any different with you and how it's going to work. And I would often say, well, I like a challenge and I certainly, once I start something, it gets into play and I finish it. So it certainly meant that there was a lot of work to be done and a lot of myth to dispel around certain things because often when uh, there's not much progress happening on a piece of work or there's been an issue, there's lots of rumors that you have to dispel, lots of myths you have to dispel so that you can move forward with the change. So I want to take you through some of the key things that I do when I come into an organization that is requesting some support to implement something that maybe has not been implemented well in the past. And the first thing I need to do is I need to have a look at the landscape I need to have a look at the leadership, have interviews with various leaders, book in discussions, initial introductory discussions with subject matter experts, those who may have worked on the change before, and really ask the relevant questions, which is, can you take me through um, what's happened before? Can you take me through what your role is, what have you experienced? You also need to have a look at the governance that may or may not be in place. So what's the rhythm that's happening? What's the intent? Is everyone clear on the intent 
of the change? Is everyone clear on what that change entails? Look at documents if they do exist. If they don't exist, once again, that's a bit of a red flag because you do need relevant documentation to really clarify the scope. Is everyone clear on what we're trying to achieve here? Is everyone clear on all of the different activities? Do we have the adequate resource to actually achieve this? What governance is in place to manage risks associated with this? The role of leadership in that? And do we really understand the impacts of the change? Are we clear and have we been communicating with clarity the change itself? Are we clear on the benefits and the outcomes we want to achieve? These are all relevant questions. So I'm hoping you might have a notepad and paper to write some of those down. Of course, just rewind and walk through those. But they are really clear, powerful questions that you can ask when you're kind of in your investigation phase. After you've been able to see what documentation exists, understand the role of leadership, have talked to the subject matter experts, get a gauge of who's been involved and who hasn't been involved and why, understanding the impact of the change, mapping out what that critical path for change looks like. So what are those key activities that need to happen and communicating and playing that back to everyone. Once you have that shared understanding and you've landed on that, as well as the clarity insofar as the resource and the support that you need to implement the change based on the size of the impact, then you're really well on your way to achieving a different outcome because those are key pieces of the puzzle to set your project or program or change up for success. And I think that's a really key thing to talk about is you need those foundational elements in. If you don't, it's kind of like building a house without a set foundation later it's going to crumble it will definitely crumble at some stage if there it's only half built if the foundation's only half clear um, there is a term that a lot of people use they say yes we're building the plane as we fly it now I don't know about you but I would never buy a ticket on a plane that doesn't exist and I think sometimes the that becomes almost a crutch and a catchphrase for yes we're actually disorganized I'm not quite sure on where we're headed or how we're going to do this. And what we're trying to do is just convince everyone just to stay the journey with us and to, to back ourselves anyway. And it's so fraught with danger, like the risk levels are off the Richter in that instance. And you do need to understand that you can use an agile methodology to support that if you have enough clarity around the journey for at least the next 12 weeks so the next three months what does the next three months look like what are we trying to achieve in the next three months okay now let's step through and unpack things deliver things unpack things deliver them as we go but there is danger if you don't even know what you want to achieve the next three three months or even six months so you do need that level of clarity and also to be able to manage scope and if you've got restricted resource to manage the resource when it comes to priorities so these are the things um, you should really look at to help set yourself up for success then when after you've done the investigations and found out your areas of strengths and weaknesses then really what you're looking to do is to bolster up those areas which weren't as strong before because they've obviously had a negative impact when it comes to achieving the outcomes and once again you want to bolster those up for better success And you do need to rebuild trust. 
one of the, the hardest things when you come into a program that has really stalled or just had issues upon issues or is kind of in emergency crisis recovery mode is that people can panic and people can want to take action really fast versus responding with poise and I always like to talk about poise you know the, the greatest athletes in the world that you see the Serena Williams the the uh, Michael Jordans of the world certainly when you're looking at um, elite like the Ash Barty's in Australia it's about having that sense of poise and calmness in amongst chaos and you really do need to temper that when you come in to an organization need to kind of not just acclimatize if the culture is one that's very reactive you do need or in in crisis mode or is panicking you do need to have bring that sense of okay well let's just take a step back and always ask ourselves what's the problem we're trying to solve and what do we want to achieve with this and then map out the actions knowing that if you kind of pull a string or a thread that's going to mean that something else breaks you need to take a more cautious approach and you need to think things through. You can't just jump to action. And you've got to also be okay with that and temper the expectation of others is that you're not just going to go in and resolve or fix things or be seen to because it could cause more problems. And you do need time to kind of get your feet under the table and to make sure that you're not going to cause issues and get strong guidance from those around the table because oftentimes even the existing subject matter experts are not at fault for a failure of a project or program. Oftentimes they've tried to alert people to the risks and they've been ignored. So you need to kind of quickly identify who in that stakeholder cohort are the people who, who can give you good counsel if there's certain, a certain pathway you want to take pretty fast and who can assess impacts and detail for you. This is could be the possible implications of making this decision so that you can actually do a bit of due diligence as you go along. And you can do that quite fast if you have the right people around the table. So I think one of the the areas that some people may fall into or traps you that you fall into is being too arrogant if they come into an organization where they've struggled to deliver something in the past and arrogantly kind of blame people or kind of say, geez, people don't know what they're doing. That ego and arrogance will only lead to issues if you take that approach. So it's important that you're listening to other people in the organization as you're engaging and really just picking up the themes, the common themes that happen when people are in crisis mode. And as I said, have some poise. It's under pressure. When you have poise, you will achieve a lot more because you will be able to regulate your emotions you'll be able to make decisions with clarity versus people who kind of rush to do things because emotionally they're a bit off center and they're in panic mode and that's a obviously sometimes or I find oftentimes a valued attribute of someone coming in to help rectify past issues is that they do have that sense of poise and people can feel that calmness and they're they find it appealing because they're not getting that reprieve from potentially the organization itself, which is just panicking and wanting to be seen to be doing things to rectify the situation. So a couple of hints there, tips there around investigating, then looking to bolster the area in which you might find the project or program somewhat weaker in its approach. 
And I'll just go through those areas again. So often leadership, were leadership born into it? Were they clear on what they wanted to achieve? Were they engaged? Were they in strong in their decision making? Then when it comes to governance, was the governance, the risk management, issue management, escalations, did that work effectively with that leadership team? Did you have all the stakeholders that you needed to sitting around the table that you can engage with on the change and make sure that they're part of the change? Were you across the impacts of the change? Had you sized it appropriately? And were you resourced to deliver it well? When it comes to key decision points, making sure that they're traceable. So when you're looking at the documentation, was there a change plan in place as well as a project plan? Or was it just a project plan? Who is communicating? How are they communicating the change? Just so you're across all of that. And also understanding what impact that change had on the culture of the organization. So were people, uh, is there an inherent sense of distrust because of possibly poorly executed change? And how can you regain trust through listening, engagements, action um, to rectify potentially the past issues? And then when looking at risk management, success and outcomes being very clear on those, they're areas which are quite critical to ensure change is well managed through that transformation process or that change process. So I hope that gives you some hints and tips if you were going to go into an organization and start to unpack the change. I would also say don't be arrogant in your approach. It is, I think it's disrespectful for an organization that's probably in people who are probably really reeling from the the poorly executed change in the past. Build the trust, have the empathy and have respect for those people because then you'll be able to identify those who are really strong leaders and resilient and who are going to go the journey and be part of the solution and ensure that you give yourself time and that you also have a degree of self-care as you're going through this process if you are going into an organization to help remediate I guess to a to a degree but certainly to rectify a past change that hasn't gone so well and it really is important that if you're going in and doing that because I've often found this is that you don't have the if you don't have the right level of self-care you're going to burn out so we'll talk about that in an upcoming episode but it really really is important this whole self-care concept making sure that you're pacing yourself because sometimes it takes twice as much energy to get a change in the past where the wheels are full enough to get it back on track and that energy you're going to be expending through this process so you need to have a good kind of push and then recovery mode just like any athlete or any other person is make sure that you if you're wanting to be a high performer is making sure that you're working in with your cycles of uh, rest and recovery as well as obviously high activity and pushing things through and supporting and facilitating things to get through. It just takes a lot of personal energy. So I hope you enjoyed the episode. I hope that's given you some hints and tips if you're in this situation and you're working with an organization on rectifying a possible change that's gone a bit haywire. Come and visit us at myvirtualchangemajor.com. Always happy to see you there with our tools and hints and tips. And uh, just remember that change matters because your people matter.